Blog Talk Radio. You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. You understand that the Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does the Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties as to the conduct of its listeners or their listeners. In no event shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with the use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA, particularly if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to the Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA.
music coming from Richard Elliott. It's called Rendezvous. Well, you've rendezvoused at the right place. The Love Zone USA with yours truly, Mike T. On this Thursday evening, as we're here each and every Thursday, giving you what you come to listen for. Hopefully that's to be educated, elevated, and entertained. I think we'll do all three tonight as well. Uh, I'd like to uh, remind you that we are all over the platforms. We are on Spotify, TuneIn. We are on um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Yes, if you want to uh, take the show on the go tomorrow, if you happen to have to step out tonight for any reason, you can't listen to the entire thing. You can catch us on any of those platforms. Just go to iHeart, Spotify, any one of them, tune in, download the free app, and uh, just type in the Love Zone USA. I'm your host, Mike T. I'll be here until 10 p.m. Tonight's show is uh, pretty uh, eye-opening. I think it'll be pretty eye-opening. Now, I'm going to give you the title, but I want you to, you know, not let the uh, hair on the back of your neck stand up, ladies, for those of you listening. This is a show for education. We are going to educate you tonight. I've also invited some special Yes, to stop in, and presumably they'll be here around 8.30. And from 8.30 to 9.30, we're going to ask that you listen as well as join the discussion if you have some comments that you'd like to uh, make from the content that you'll be hearing. The title of the show is, Are Black Women Taking Black Men's Jobs? Let me say that again. Are Black Women Taking Black Men's Jobs? If so... Why? We're going to talk about that tonight here inside the Love Zone USA. My question to you, do you think black women are taking black men's jobs? What's your take on that, your opinion? Well, let me just give you a little bit before we get into some music. Um, You know, they used to call a policeman a policeman. Then there's the mailman. It has mailman in it. They call them letter carriers to be more politically correct now. And then you have female construction workers, and that's just what they are, construction workers. Typically, that was a male's job back in the day. But now you have women in those positions. So are they taking men's jobs? that were traditionally known for uh, men to apply and provide uh, income for the family. We're going to talk about that tonight. Definitely want you to listen. And ladies, we invite you to listen specifically because a lot of men don't get a chance to talk about this. Yeah, we talk about it in the barbershop, but to have a forum where they can speak about it openly, not being shut down, shut off, ignored. Just listen tonight, and you're going to learn some things. We are going to open up the phone lines for discussion, but give them a chance to uh, speak and talk about this topic because we're going to get into it around 8.30. As we always say here inside the Love Zone, this is the place where you can listen to your heart and you live, love, and learn. And you're going to do that tonight. As I stated, the love zone is a place where we're going to share love all around the world. 
That's what it's about. L O V E. On that note, I'm going to kick it off with some music tonight. This is entitled uh, uh, MIA by Bad Bunny featuring Drake on the Love Zone USB. Yeah. Todos están pendientes a ti, pero tú puesta para mí. Shut, shut. My big fat ass got all them boys cooked. Huh. Welcome 
dollar bills and I be popping rubber bands. said you're a pawn. 
your porn. And I love to think of black women as being queens, but there are many women out there who do not understand the game that's being played. We're going to talk about that. You might not find this discussion in many different places, or maybe on Saturday, somewhere across the country, you might find it occasionally amongst black men in a barbershop. But we're going to bring it to you as a panel discussion tonight. And we're going to also invite you to uh, join in if you care to uh, comment. But ladies, I want to let you know this is not to bash black women. It's to educate. As we say about this show, we're here to educate, elevate, and entertain. And we're going to do all three tonight. But tonight, just to preface, we're not here to bash you. I don't think there's a black man out there, black man out there that wants to, uh, you know, just bash black women because you want to be policemen, you want to be postmen, you want to be firemen, you want to be construction workers, you want to be UPS drivers. When I was growing up, I never saw a woman driving a bus when I got on the buses when I was a kid or in high school. I don't know when that started, but they are women bus drivers. Now, when we title the show, Are Black Women Taking Men's Jobs? Just understand, when we get into the discussion, we're going to explain that title. And we're going to talk about the solutions. But before I get into that discussion, we're going to get into some more music. And uh, when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines. I have someone on the line right now. And we're going to talk about are black women taking black men's jobs. And I want you to remember that meme of the black woman shaking a white man's hand and him saying, you're hired. But above that, it was labeled, your pawn. As we continue with more music, we'll be back with our discussion in just a minute. We're going to get into more music. This is a huge groove. It's entitled Born to Groove on the LoveZoneUSA.com.
This is the Fly Jack Tom Joyner, plus my co-host, J. Anthony Brown. This is J. Anthony Brown. If you want to hear some good talk and some good music, listen to the Mike T. Show on the Love Zone, USA.com. That's what I do. Watch out there now. Come on, DJ. Hit me with another track. That you couldn't do it cause you're washed up Ain't like them bad girls said you should get your sauce up But I got this plan and you might not understand I'ma go hard as I can And I'm gonna be the boss of it Just watch me do this, put no limits, only swag on it Walk right up to the front where I belong and brag on it Go to the top, I'ma give it all I got
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right into our discussion this evening, and I'm going to open it up. I've already got the phone lines open. The telephone number is 347-539-5729. Our topic is, Are Black Women Taking Black Men's Jobs? Let me just set this up correctly. Is it a conspiracy? I want you to think about this. When a woman has a black man's job, is she the head of household? Is she more independent? Is she looking for him to step up his game? But if he has to compete with you in an interview, great body, you've got a resume, uh, your breasts are showing just a hair, you've got a white blouse on, pinstripe suit, so does he. And last time I checked, there aren't a lot of black men sitting behind the desk interviewing and have what we call the two words, power and authority to hire. Power and authority. You can't have one without the other. Usually it's Becky or Bob that have the power or authority to hire. So in this competitive game of America of, uh, you know, money is king in capitalism, and you're raised to understand that the man should be the head of the household, but yet the woman is a policeman. The woman's the postman. The woman's the construction worker. The woman's the bus driver. And you hear it quite frequently. Women say, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. Just remember the meme. And I'm going to open up our phone lines. I've got a call on the line right now. But the meme says, you're hired. Shaking a black woman's hand. He's a white man. And above her head, she's a pawn. Does this also help destroy the black family? Well, we're going to answer that question tonight. I've invited some special guests. They'll be here in a little while. But right now, I've got a call on the line. And if I've got my caller right now, his name is Mike. Mike, you're in Texas. Welcome to the Love Zone USA. Thank you for taking my call, sir. How are you doing? Not a problem. I'm good. I'm good. So with our topic tonight, you have uh, some comments or something you want to say? Yeah, I think um, it's a great topic to bring up. And I think what people need to understand is that what we what we used to think of how the situation between men and women were, let's say, 20, 30 years ago, completely different than it is today, especially amongst the younger generations. And if you look at all the numbers, Women are going to college much more than men are. Women are starting to take, you know, get hired, higher paying salaries, where men are getting jobs and now they have lower, lower paying salaries. We have an epidemic of young men today who basically are living at home with their parents and pretty much playing video games all day. They have no ambition, drive, not even a desire to want to be independent. And uh, it's going to lead to a completely different society in the next 20 years where women are going to be in a lot of, have more of the upper hand and men are going to be towards the back. And uh, I think that's all been by design. It's like the feminist movement has done a lot to try to change things. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the propaganda is out there to try to emasculate men, <clears throat> feminize men, emotionalize them, get them to be irresponsible and incompetent, while at the same time pushing women to try to be more manlike, to be responsible, to be competent, to be independent, and look what it's led to. So... You know, and then obviously the, the last point being, you know, women have rejected God's order of how things are supposed to go, where it's God over Christ, Christ over man, man over woman, woman over the children, 
And a lot of women today, because of feminism, reject that and they feel that as sexist and misogynist, and they think they have to submit or allow their husband to have authority over them. So that's part of what's going on. And uh, on the post that I saw on Facebook, there was a gentleman. Now, now let me let me just clarify this. There was a woman who who, who created the. Well, I don't want to say she created it, but she posted the meme, and it was showing that black women could be a queen in this game. But as, as I was reading the comments, one of the black men said that he couldn't have a discussion about this with women because of the fact that they would shut them shut them out. They would tune them out, or it would become argumentative. Have you ever tried to have this discussion with a woman, Mike? Yes, sir, and, and it's different depending on the woman. I find all the women usually who are more mature and, you know, who are from previous generations are more able to talk about this, where the younger generation women, uh, they're not trying to hear it because feminism has completely indoctrinated the minds. Now, you talked about the young men and the younger generation playing video games. Do you think that is a lack of desire to go out and secure employment, or would you uh, entertain this idea that it is definitely difficult, no matter who you are, to go out and look for a job, no matter what your you know degree or, or expertise is? You're going to run into a certain amount of rejection, period. That's just the nature of the beast. And lastly, to, to finish my point and, and let you comment on it, do you feel like young men have exhausted or taken a chance and they feel that this rejection has is is so predominant that many of them naturally are turning to selling drugs? That's an easier way to have cash in your pocket. But do you do you feel like they're lazy or they've gotten so much rejection? Whereas nine times out of ten, they're going to be sitting in front of a white man. And that rejection has turned them into, I don't, I don't have any outlet. I don't have an avenue. Do, do, do you, do you, uh, do you think that is part of the situation? Yeah, that definitely could be a, a factor, and I definitely respect the points that you brought up. What I would say to that, and just in dealing with young people, and then in my own personal life, and working with some of the young men that I work with, I've noticed that it, it's, uh, it's a couple of things. Part, part of it is laziness. In some cases. It's some young men, it's just flat-out laziness. It's just the truth. We have to be honest about that. With some young men, mm-hmm. a lot of them, I feel that it's just a lack of knowledge. And when I talk to them, I always give them this analogy. And they oftentimes, it, it kind of resonates with them because it's in a way they can understand. I give them the example of saying, imagine if somebody bought a video game, let's say Madden, like the football game. And they took the game right. home and they started to play it. And they didn't know the controls, they didn't know the rules, and they kept playing the game and they kept losing. And then that person turned around and told you, and this game is rigged against me, designed for me to fail, and set up for me to lose. And I, I said to each of the young men, I said, what would you say to that guy? And they all say the same thing. They'd be like, what he needs to do is get the manual, sit down, learn how to play the game, or, you know, hook up with somebody who knows how to play the game, and you can learn from them. And then once they learn how to play the game, they can start winning it. And I said, that's exactly what it is in life, especially in this capitalist system. And see, the issue is a lot of young men don't understand the rules. They don't understand how to operate, and therefore they have no idea how to win. And so they, they, think, they then think it's set up for me to fail. And what I find is when you start to teach young men financial literacy, how to develop your credit, 
how to spend, you know, save your money, how to budget things, how to really, you know, discipline how you live your life, how you, you know, handle your finances. And you start getting this idea of, you know, planning things out and having goals both in the short term and long term. Show them the steps that they can take to start to develop financially and show them that once they get to a certain point where they have a certain amount of money set aside and have a certain credit score, now you can then take that and use that to gain leverage and get loans so that you can invest into businesses or properties and all of a sudden you can make your money work for you. And when you give this now to a lot of young men, you see a light bulb go off in their head and they realize, wow, there's a way. And I'm amazed when I see how many guys, once they get that, they like their development accelerates tremendously. I've seen a lot of young guys become really successful. And so that's the main issue I see, primarily of young men. And also that they're not held accountable the same way older generations were. Like maybe for when you were growing up, I'm sure your family and the community looked at you at a certain point and said, you got to be responsible, you got to be independent. They expected you to go out there, earn a living, and take care of yourself, right? You couldn't be 26, 27, 28 still living in your, with your family. Because otherwise yeah, people would look at you like you're a bum. So these are all factors in why things are the way they are with the young men today. And, Mike, if you don't mind me, you know, digging a little bit into your personal background, what type of work do you do currently? Right now I own a truck driving business, and I also do, like, contract, <coughs> construction contraction work on the side as well. Okay. And are you, you say you're the owner of that business as well? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, I was a convicted felon and homeless, uh, you know, less than a decade ago. And so I can understand when people who start out really bad, and I had to learn a lot of things myself. Like I didn't have someone to teach me, you know, about how to you know make money and how to manage money. So I know, I know for anyone listening who's you know, in a bad situation, you can come out of it if you learn the necessary information, gain the wisdom, how to apply properly, and then have the discipline and the work ethic. To execute it and make it happen So anyone can do it I appreciate you sharing that And just to tell you a little bit about myself I used to be a director of a federal Re-entry program So I've worked with a lot of convicted felons To help them what they call re-enter Into society uh, I take it from listening to you That you didn't have that kind of Support system Probably when you came out or did you uh, no, sir, I didn't. Um, I was when I got out, I was basically homeless, and I was just trying to figure out what to do and how to make money. So uh, I just started to go to the library and just learn about finances, learn about how people, you know, make money and how they do, you know, grow things. And I just started to look for different jobs I could do to start out. And I just started with a simple goal of trying to get my credit score from I was in the 400s to try to get it to over 750 in a year. And I wanted the goal of trying to save up at least, you know, $5,000. I was able to didn't do that, get a secure loan, and, I, you know, establish a relationship with banks and learn how to develop and grow up from there. And so right. I think right. a lot of it just comes down to if, if – as and this is something for men to understand. In life, it's not about necessarily getting a helping hand. And if you and if you get that, that's great. And I recommend to anyone who can do that, do that. But men have to understand you got to go out here and make it happen. I mean, that's what most of our forefathers did. They started with very little, and they just found ways to survive. And their right. lives were really difficult. And so men have to you know, understand you've got to toughen up because, you know, at some point you're going to have children. And your children are going to look to you to provide for them, to protect them, to shelter them. And, you know, 
that responsibility when it comes is going to, you know, it's going to require you to be, have to be disciplined and tough and work hard. So men got to get it together, man. And people got to stop being a victim. Stop looking for excuses for why you're failing and just be responsible for your own life, man. And stop blaming other people. So many young guys I talk to, sir, you know, they blame everything. They blame society. They blame their family. They blame the government. They blame racism. They'll, they'll blame anything. And when I ask them, you know, what could you have done anything to have better your life? And when we have an honest discussion, most of them come around to admitting it, that it really was mostly their own fault, that they didn't work hard enough. They didn't take their education seriously. You see what I'm saying? Like they, I don't know, man. It's just, it's hard because we live in a society of the day that just like loves to be victims that loves to have excuses, and that's why people fail so much these days. And let me ask you this. Mentorship, do you mentor uh, any young people, or have you, uh, you know, now that you own your own business? You know, because that's, that's a, you know, major undertaking. I understand that, and there's a lot of time when you when you own your own business. But have you uh, looked to mentor any young men in, in the Texas area? Yeah, no, definitely. I do, you know, especially from where I used to go to school and the neighborhood I used to grow up in, I know there's, we have a situation there where a lot of young guys drop out. And um, so I try to reach out to some of those guys who are on the verge of dropping out. And, you know, when, 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 they're, when they start to understand about how life is and how difficult it is and then they start to learn about the ways to make money, oftentimes what these young guys just need is they need to, they need to see, like, there's an actual path they can take. Like, if you give right. a guy a simple goal of saying, right. listen, by the end of this year, let's just try to get your credit score up about 100 points, and let's see if we can set aside about $1,000 in, in a bank account. And if we can get that step, once we accomplish that, we'll take that $1,000, we'll go to the bank, and we'll get a secured loan and put that as a, as a deposit. And let's see if we, we'll try to get at least a two, three, four, maybe $5,000 loan, and let's, let's work on managing that. Let's, let's try to establish that first step with the bank and, you know, establish a relationship. And when they start to do this, a lot of the young guys are surprised because they, they have this perception like that these banks are racist and they don't want to deal with black people. And it's like, nah, man, they just don't want to deal with people that they can trust with their money. But when you establish a relationship with a bank and have a track record of consistency and being, you know, people can trust you with their money and that you'll pay things on time and you can come up with ideas that have mutual benefits on both ends, they're more right. than happy to do business with you because – at the end of the day, the color that they care most about is green. Green. That's they care about, Correct. right? So right. that's what the thing is. And, and what I see being done instead to our young people, and I'm speaking specifically to black young men, is instead of feeding them the knowledge and pushing them to gain wisdom and discipline and seek out how to make money, how to manage your money, instead what I see being fed to these young guys is victimology, that you're a victim. Because these kids, I swear, they have a Ph.D.-level understanding in white supremacy. They can talk to me about white supremacy and racism. I mean, they, they, like, like any professor in any major university could. But the minute I talk to them about the basics of life, it's like I get nothing back. And I feel like that, mm. that it, that's being done on purpose to our young men to stunt their development and growth. It's designed to hold them back because they know and the powers that be know that if, if, especially if a man, if a man has a victim mentality, that will significantly limit the amount of success he can have in life. They know that. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like we have mm-hmm. political leaders and civil, so-called civil rights leaders in our community that do this on purpose 
because it allows them to have a demoralized and weak society because the men are demoralized and they're weak, which then makes them easily to be exploitable and used. And it gets our people to feel like they have to go to the government to get help. And when they're in that state, now they feel like they need these politicians to help them versus having a mentality of saying, no, no, we're going to help ourselves. We're going to come up and we're going to empower our own community. And we're going we're gonna to bring financial power to ourselves and employ ourselves and build the businesses right. in our own neighborhood so we can have strong families right. and we can have young men that have the means to provide for their children so that they won't dodge their responsibilities and we can have structured families again. But as long as our people, first of all, reject God, like this younger generation, they want nothing to do with God and the Bible, and then they reject wisdom, discipline, work ethic, and any sense of any personal responsibility, there's nothing else you can do for them at that point. So. Mike, you know, I really appreciate you calling in. I don't know if you can hang on because we're going to go into another segment of music. But when we return, we're going to talk about women raising young men. And I was wondering if you'd just hang around for that for a few. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, okay. That's Mike. He is from Texas, and I appreciate him. I want him to hang on. He shared his story, uh, and to the to the point that he, he admitted he's a convicted felon, and you know he has a blemish on his record, but he owns his own business. Uh, that's a solution, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about the solution a little later on in this program, but Mike has already found it, and he has spoke. You know, I mean, I, I can't say enough about what he said because of the fact that. That is a solution when you're running into a whole lot of rejection and the only people you see are white men who are rejecting you, which causes what Mike talked about, this victim complex. And in the old days in slavery, there were ways to break a buck down, as they say. Well, if you're running into a whole lot of rejection and you don't have, as Mike said, a path Another path, maybe entrepreneurship, maybe that word isn't spoken enough in, 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 in the black community. If they don't have that path and they don't have that plan, how do they get there? Now, Mike has spoken eloquently as a person who's running a business now, but you're talking about a guy who had a blemish on his record. And I know what it takes to get a job if you have a blemish on your record because I advised and spoke to men with blemishes on their record. That is twice as hard as some of these young men with no blemish on their record, and they're giving up. We're going to talk about that and a lot more when we come back. We I have, I have another call on the line. We're going to keep the phone lines open. The telephone number is 347-539-5729. I'm going where no man has ever gone before and I'm bringing it to you on the World Wide Web. It's called the Love Zone USA. We're going to come back and talk about women raising boys to be men. You think they would have gotten some of the conversation you just heard from Mike from Texas? You think those young boys would have gotten that from their mothers? We're going to talk about that when we return. Right now I'm going to get some music by Jaheen, and we're going to be taking your call. Telephone number again is 347-539-5729. You got Mike T on the line along with Jaheen. This is entitled Finding My Way Back to You on the Road.
Yeah. 
I mean, if you go to the National Society of Black Engineers a website, they have over 10,000 jobs that's not being sealed. Some of them, a lot of them were just post 20 hours ago. In engineering, they got 7,970. And I tested yeah, this out. Hmm? You bring up a great point and a lot of good information. What kind of background would one um, need for those positions so the young people out there who are listening can get some insight? Well, let me make mention of these jobs, then I'll tell you what you need to do to prepare your young people. All right. Go ahead. Feel free. Now, they have 7,970 jobs in the engineering field. Well, you have Rockwell, International, Honeywell, Raytheon, Apple, General Electric. And many of these jobs were posted within the last 20 hours. And I've, my, uh, you know, I work with the local chapter of Nesby in St. Louis, young people. Uh, there's now these STEM fields, and we like to add M on there, plus M meaning medicine. Mm-hmm. And their last two national conventions, they had the national annual convention in Pittsburgh, and I think the other places in Kansas in 2017. I'm not sure. You had one company that hired 400 young black STEM graduates two years in a row for a total of 802 years, and that was Northrop Grumman, not including the other corporations that was there on the convention floor hiring. And in 2017, Nesby's top 50 most preferred employers, their top 50, Google, Apple, and the Boeing is one, two, and three. You had other companies in there like 3M, Ford Motor Company, Toyota, Goldman Sachs, Bechtel, the Department of Defense, the CIA, and the FBI. They was hiring black STEM graduates. So these positions, and you know, here's another thing. That president you got in the White House right now, he is the best I've seen in a long time. You know why? Uh, I was going to ask you, why do you say that? Because he said that immigrants that are here working on work visas, and they come here to the U.S. because there's a demand for people with this talent, especially engineers, from India, doctors. He said, when your work visa expires, you got to go. Place you with Americans. What is that telling your black child? You don't have to compete with them. So they're going to be gone. Now, we don't take advantage of that. I don't know what to say. I have one of my last siblings, my grandson. He's attending He's an engineer student, double major, engineering business with an energy minor at the flagship school there in Louisiana. He'll have a perfect credit score when he graduates because I bought him a condo so he don't have to stay on, on campus 
Now all you tell us is that in his name, and I pay for him. So those are things that people have to do. You have to plan to do that. Now, I can tell you what you need to do in order to get your kids together, but you got a question to ask me. Go ahead, sir. No, no, that that's it. I want to get to that for the young men who are listening, and I, I'm very familiar with STEM, and I'm glad you added the other M because that's something that I actually saw today. A couple of brothers who sold drugs, they were on television today, and they became doctors, and, and they talked about their pathway to get there. So I think that's what, you know, Mike and I believe in is that, you know, these, these young people need a business plan from a man because they're not getting it from these single mothers. So go right ahead. Yeah, single mother can't, can't raise no man. Uh, no, there's, there's a difference between the male and the man. If they if they could, why are they complaining about what they got to choose from? They now, I'm, I'm a big double advocate. There will be probably women listening and saying, well, Obama was a single parent man, and so was Clinton, and so you know, what I won't do yeah, but they already you talk know, about you know, the these, these exceptional, these exceptional cases. You know, there's exceptions and everything. But Thank here's the thing: you. this is what you have to do. And here you go back with Donald Trump again. Donald Trump has been pro-school choice with vouchers, and it's going to take a process. You got kids that sit up in classrooms today that don't belong there because they are not being challenged. They're coming from functional homes, no matter what the Economic circumstances are those homes. You got some that's coming from poverty, and you got some that's not. But regardless, if you're coming from a rich background, if you're not coming from a functional family, that's going to give you all the necessary resources, the exposures that you need. What is exposures? Going to museums, libraries, going to your local universities that have lecture series and letting that child sit there and listen to professionals on stage like TED Talks give lectures on a different variety of subjects. All that's necessary. You need to start your child off as early as the third grade, preparing them for future position. And it's easy to know what they are. Every one of these jobs that we have here, the U.S. Department of Labor has been saying for a long time, this is what the future trends are going to be. Right. U.S. Right. Department of Labor just got through saying uh, in 2015 that there's going to be a shortage of 400,000 commercial airline pilots. The military, they're going to have a shortage of 12,000, of which about two to 4,000 are going to be combat pilots. So what should you be training your kids for? Well, who's who's directing them if the man is not in the home and the man is not getting a job because he's saying, as Mike said, the victim of the white man is not hiring me. I don't sit across from a black man who can hire me. Now, in your instance, your instance, and if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, I did hear you say you own your own business, correct? Well, yeah, but I had to work for people. I had to work for a person for about twenty some odd years before I got to the point where I could own my home. I couldn't go see. I couldn't go to Yale or Harvard to learn how to erect structure steel. They don't teach it there. That's something you learn in the field. You create networks with uh, people friendly. All those things. Majority of my workforce was about ninety five percent was white males. So uh, that's. Let me go a little mm-hmm. deeper. Did you come from a single-parent home or a, a dual-parent home? I came from a home 
where I got whoopings. <laughs> if I done something wrong, it was a man that whooped me. <laughs> and on his deathbed, I held his hand and I thanked him for every time he whooped my butt. Well, you know, Dyfus would would have him locked up today. So it's Mike. Well, that's what I just. You're absolutely right. But no, you have to take that child, and you need to put that child through a bunch of tests. You know, we send our they send their kids to these football combines where they jump, run, and throw to see who's the best. Right? What you good at? You got to do the same thing with a child. When you're talking about professions, advocations, what type of skills do they have? If they're in school, you have to have them evaluated independently of the school to see exactly where they are because the report cards lie. It's a, it's a, you can't trust those public schools. Well, let me bring and, Mike back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what you got. Then you have to choose early as early as the sixth grade in the direction that you need to start acclimating that child and what they need to have. You know, you can go on, on a college website, uh, LSU, which has an excellent uh, engineering program, whether it's mechanical engineers, whether it's biomedical, computer, they, can, they uh, will publish their curriculum. There's, I can't think of the name of it. It tells you every semester what you got to have. Well, it's Calc 1, Calc 2, well, it's physics, well, it's uh, chemistry. So you start preparing your child by introducing them to those areas early on. Oh, thank you. Well, let me let me in for one second. I'm going to bring Mike in. Mike, you there from Texas? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I want to talk about the inner city child. Uh, our guest has just come on, and he's talked about the STEM program and engineering and some of the things you have to do and, you know, how you can navigate one's child to get in, into the engineering field. When we talk about inner city youth tonight, I think you may have a perspective on this. Inner city youth coming from broken homes, single parent family, there isn't a lot of discipline, um, what, what would you say to him for their path to get to those programs? I know they're available, but you're talking the different, a different, they're, they're different roads to the same place, uh, I guess I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah, first off, I would say, I mean, first of the points that he brought up, he brought up a lot of great points, and he actually mentioned something that would be a direct solution to what your, what your question is, which is, I think school choice would be a great option because if you're talking about bettering the education for you know young black you know, boys and girls or in inner city areas where they are at bad public schools and their families don't have the means to be able to send them to a quality you know private school, school choice would give them give them that option. And for those who don't know what school choice is, it's basically saying whatever the the federal and state that's allocated to pay for your child when they attend a public school, you can take that money and use it basically to pay for tuition at a private or charter school of your choice. And it's it's really high, especially depending on what state. Like, take a state like New Jersey, where they spend on average about $17,500 per student. And if you look at why the, the cost of schools, in public schools in particular, are so high, because these teachers, 
the teachers unions have extorted a tremendous amount of taxpayer money. Like in New Jersey, the average teacher gets paid about $55,000 a year, and they get a Platinum Plus health care plan that's worth more than 30000 a year, which they only contribute about 1% of the salary towards. And they have a full pension, full benefits, everything guaranteed until they die. Now, imagine that. Like, that's how much money they get from our taxpayer dollars to subsidize them, and they have some of the lowest standards as far as the achievement of their students. And so if you look at the situation, the reason there's a resistance partially is because it's being suggested by the Trump administration, and we know there's people that despise him, and I understand that. But the other reason is that the Democrats get a lot of money from the teachers' unions, and because of that, they don't want to go against them. So they want to let the public schools still have that monopoly on especially inner-city areas. And, and so because of they, they know what will happen if we have school choice. These public schools are going to empty out completely. And from the black perspective, that could be, that'd be the most revolutionary thing we could do because now we'll take all these young black boys and girls who are potentially stuck in a bad public school, maybe in a bad area where there's like a criminal element, you know, influence that could lead them down a bad path. Now they have an opportunity to then take that go to a, you know, a quality private school, a religious school, a charter school where they get a good education and be given the information and knowledge to then you know, push them to go to a better field that could then set them up to have a good paying jobs and like we said earlier, you know, have a solid families where young men can actually provide for their families and have a respectable life and career and you know, it can change everything but because our people unfortunately are beholden to the Democrats whatever the Democrats say, our people go with them. and it's sad but that's just the reason and we're in a situation where I don't know I don't know how it's gonna change to be honest. Both both of you subscribe to the good education path. Both of you. I've listened to you intently, both of you are on the same page. My problem with that good education path, and it's a problem in the sense that I live in New Jersey quite as a kept Mike, and I'm way past school age. I don't have school kids and I'm not as abreast on this thing. But I wonder about the inner cities. I can't name you right now, just from my general layman's knowledge, a STEM school, as as our guest had had talked about. Uh, I can't tell you where one is. Uh, I don't know how prevalent they're promoted. And then, if there are some, because you know I'm I'm a layman and I'm 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 going to keep that novice you know mindset out of the conversation. For those single mothers out there who are raising these young boys, because the man is there for a variety of reasons, and we both, we, we all three of us know there are separate, there are many reasons why he's not there. If the man's not there to do what both of you guys are talking about, leading them in the direction that they should go, and these mothers, as as our guest said, he he he's, he stated what I believe in, that a lot of women, other than the exceptions to the rule, as he alluded to, and I agree, there are exceptions to the rule, most of them can't raise a black boy. Most of them can't well, raise they, a black woman. They can't raise a male into a man. There's right. a difference between a male and a man. Even if they got a father, which may be a male. You know, males make babies all the time. See, that's a process to become a man. I mean, it is a process. You just don't wake up on your 21st birthday and bingo, you a man. Now, sometimes people go with that. But let's be real. If it was happening, why are we complaining about it? 
you're saying if what was happening, why are we complaining about it? I'm, I, I love your if males are waking up on a 21st base birthday and and they are functional and responsible men, okay, which protects the neighborhood, which does all those other things in providing that we complain is not going on today. So apparently, whatever the method that they have to create these quote-unquote men is not working. Something is wrong. Well, you know, Mike related to the fact that, you know, you get your income and then you get your credits straight and that's a knowledge base of financial literacy. Uh, I got to tell both of you, yes, I'm on the path of, and I've been preaching this for years. I've had a guest on my show. I don't know if either of you are familiar with him, Dr. Claude Anderson, who is, He's just a phenomenal What he's talking about is phenomenal And I, I kind of gravitated Toward him because for Most of my life a, uh, uh, Mike you know, Has a blemished background but he owns His own business You uh, mm-hmm. have your own business I presume you have your degree I don't have a degree And I'm writing a book It's going to be titled 40 Jobs in 40 Years, A Black Man's Journey Through Corporate America. Now, here's here's the premise of that book, and to both of you. Most of these, my father, he worked as a rigger, and my uncles, they had jobs in factories. So I didn't have a mentor to show me how to, A, get in corporate America, B, how to act in corporate America, or C, how to navigate or politic in corporate America. Now, you can get all those degrees that you talked about in STEM and engineering and look at websites and see the 12,000 openings. But if you don't know how to act at that Christmas party, you're not going to last long. Secondly, well, you know what you hey, – I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish up real quick. Secondly, if mm-hmm. you are supposed to be raised to be the head of the household, now you have this job. You don't have mentorship to t- teach you how to – work in that environment after you get the job and you don't keep it, then your self-esteem drops tremendously when that woman is now the breadwinner and she's waiting for you to get back out there, go through all that rejection and find another job. So these are the issues that, you know, I'm, I'm bringing up hardball issues. I don't want to softball this. I'm not throwing no underhand pitches tonight. <laughs> I didn't want to have this show to have to throw any under. I'm throwing them straight across the plate, 100 miles an hour. How are they going to deal with that? And, and most of these young men are coming from broken homes. Well, you know, I, this is what we have here. We have different experiences. Like the other gentleman, he has an experience. Well, he had a different path to get to where he is. Apparently, you do too, and I am talking a different path, and we have to realize that. that See, if you got a goal, different path leads to that goal. Right. I have chose to work with the young people. I have told, chose to lecture uh, young parents on what they need to do to prepare their child for higher education and beyond. And then you got you got a situation where you got circumstances where uh, young people are not coming from functional background. They're not coming from functional homes, no matter what that look like, mother, father, sister, all those things. 
And then at right. some point in the future, around 25, 27, 28, 30, they find themselves in a predicament. Well, then they have to listen to what this other gentleman have say, has to say because apparently he has worked that out. Then you got those who are following the circumstances that you can explain to them how to work that out. So it's a multitude of things that can be done in order to solve these problems. It just takes people who wants to do this. They got to have the will, the means, and the steadfastness to get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, both of you guys bring a well of experience to this, to this show tonight. I, I, I appreciate both of you for, you know, speaking your, your, your story, because uh, that's what I wanted to get to tonight. People who would come on, express their opinion and not be, you know, chastised or uh, I tried to leave it open that you could speak your, speak your piece without being interrupted and, and deal with this topic that we're, we're kind of shoveling under the rug. And I'm tired of it being shoveled under the rug. And, and, and as I said, and I prefaced the show, are black women taking men's jobs? There is no man that I know black, regardless of his background, is trying to diminish their success and their strides. But what I'm saying, and the reason I had this show, the question becomes, is there a different card deck being dealt to black young boys by these women getting strides, by these women becoming independent, by these women saying, I don't need a man, and I can go in every barbershop around the country, as I've said a couple of times on this show, Cleveland, D.C., I bet you on a Saturday morning I can go in there and start up a conversation and say, brothers, have you ever heard a woman say, I don't need a man? Black women. But then I can go in there and I've never heard a brother say, I don't need a black woman. Well, I would say it's actually easier for men today than it is in the past. And, and Michael, why do you say that? The reason is, is if you go back, let's say, more than 50 years ago, it was much more common for men to have the mentality of, you know, being disciplined, having a work ethic, being responsible, being competent, which are all fundamental to being successful, right? And that was much more common and more men had that mentality. So competition was more difficult. But you look at today, especially the generation of young men under the age of 30, there's not a lot of young men in that generation that have that mentality. So if a young man, in, let's say in his early 20s, adopts the mentality of being disciplined, being diligent, working hard, seeking to you know, conduct himself in a certain way and try to apply wisdom in how he conducts himself, that man is going to be head and shoulders above most of his peers. And he's going to easily be able to excel past most of them. And he's not going to have as much competition as he once would have thought. So I would say... You know, they have it easier. The problem is they just got to get the right mindset, and that's the hard part because it's like uh, that old saying of leading a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Some of these young guys are just hard-headed, man, and you got you to push them, and, you know, it takes a lot to get them going. But once they do get going, a lot of them can, you know, be successful and do what's right. And he's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, he's right. There's peer pressure out there that's hard to overcome. And if you don't have control over that child early, then you're going to be working hard to try to regain. You know, even if a woman is raising a child by herself, I've sat in the barber shop one time, and a lady came in, and she was having uh, her hair done for her young boy. And she asked every man in there, she spoke out and said, I am having problems with my son. I think mm. I'm losing him. 
Mm. I mean, this is honest to God's truth. So what she mm. was asking for is help from men right. or males. You know what I'm saying? Now, there are organizations out there that provide that type of assistance. There are organizations out there that's there to bridge your child from where they are to where they should be going, but you have to seek them out. Well, I'm going to bring up one more item before we go, and I'll let you, 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 you gentlemen uh, go. I, I posted, there was a picture of uh, Oprah Winfrey, and these two young white men were coming out of, you know, 20 years ago saying they were molested. And uh, they were on this new documentary, and they were attacking Michael Jackson. Now, to give you a little bit of my, about my background, I worked at CBS Records. Uh, I was there when the Jacksons came over. I was in charge of handling them for their tour. Uh, I, I think the world of Michael Jackson. I'm just going to put it out there. But my problem is, now, she was willing to – I didn't see the documentary and I didn't see her show, but she was, I guess, somewhat attacking Michael Jackson. But on the other hand, Harvey Weinstein, a man also accused of sexual molestation, you know, or, or not sexual molestation, he has some sexual problems in, in the court system. She doesn't attack white men. So I'm saying the media, and I've been in the media most of my life, the media has a different image for promoting black men. I just, and then the last thing I'm going to say, I'll let you guys, we're going to talk about this. They just showed a summit of black women, and I posted it on my Facebook page today. ADP is doing a summit for black women, a empowerment summit. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah, here it is. ADP, Black Enterprise Women of Power Summit, hosted by ADP. Have either of you seen a Black Enterprise Black Men of Power Summit by a major corporation anywhere in the United States that you can comment and saw advertise? Well, I don't think there's no. I haven't. Mike, have you? No, I haven't, and, and I would say there doesn't need to be one. And, and, and why would you say that? Yeah, because this comes down fundamentally to what it means to be a man versus what it means to be a woman. And it's like it, it's like this generation that they are in our time, our forefathers would look at us as some of the, the softest, weakest group of men that have ever lived on this earth. And I've never seen men become so emotionalized so mentally weak and this need for affirmation and quote unquote encouragement. It's just this, this lack of perspective of what life is. First of all, for the majority of people on earth and even more so for the people who lived before us, who dealt with a level of suffering and hardship that most people today know nothing about. I mean, if you go at least more than a hundred years ago, the child mortality rate was extremely high. Most people had most of their young children before they hit the age of five died. And for anyone who's a parent, the idea of having that kind of pain and multiple children die and then going through the general hardship of what day-to-day life used to be for them. And then you come to today's generation, you see what the supposed problems we have now, they will look at you like you're softer than tissue paper. 
And I'm just, men today just need to toughen up, man. We don't need to be affirmed. We don't need to be encouraged. We don't need to have empowerment meetings. Men just need to realize what it is to be a man. Life is full of suffering and hardship and pain. That's all life is. You get a little bit of joy and goodness and mix in there, but the majority of it is difficult and hard. You're going to have pain. You're going to have heartache. You're going to be betrayed. Life is going to be a gigantic shit sandwich for the majority of it, and you need to come to terms with that. But even in, in the midst of that, you're still required to be responsible, diligent, work hard, because like I said before, at some point you're going to have children that are going to depend on you. And the community as a whole is going to depend on you because men are supposed to be the providers and the protectors and the sort of watchmen over the general community and their families. But men today have gotten so weak. The idea that men would even need such a thing is an embarrassment on all of our forefathers. We should be ashamed of ourselves that we've allowed ourselves to get to this state. And it's just embarrassing, man. That's why, in my personal opinion, there's no hope for the black community for this generation now. It's all downhill from here. I don't think it's going to get better. I'm just being honest about it. I think it's too late. You can't have the type of immorality. You can't have this victimized mindset, this 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 lack of character, lack of a backbone, lack of determination, lack of grit that I see and, and, and think that somehow it's going to change. It'll never change. It's done, man. It's game over for us. Well, well you know, you know he, he, he's got a point there, too. Uh my uh, son that's graduating from college with a master's in uh, in sciences and engineers is not going to be marrying some woman who's working at Walmart. It's mm. not going to happen because mm. there's incompatibility there. Right. Right. But now, you know, I respect what Mike says. I understand where he's coming from. And I'm not making excuses, you know, because, you know, I got my own business and, 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 I, and it's a distribution manufacturing company where I'm going to try to provide for some of these young young people. That's my goal. But I look around at our forefathers, as Mike talked about, there were there was a plethora of jobs. And the reason being factory, they needed black men to work and do labor that they wouldn't do. They wouldn't do. They shipped those jobs to China, Mexico, wherever you want. Where are the new jobs? And to Mike's point, now I'm not making excuses. Trust me, uh, believe me. <laughs> you know, like I said, I've helped people with blemishes on their record. I am about self empowerment and entrepreneurship. I've been preaching that. I was so glad to find uh, Dr. Claude Anderson. But I do understand the fact that my father, my uncles, they can go somewhere and do some what they call blue collar work, hard labor. Today, we live in an information society. Google's not hiring a lot of blacks. Microsoft's record is almost atrocious in hiring blacks. STEM, which you talk about, is the pathway. But I, 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 the problem I have with STEM is I don't see a lot of it. I know they're talking about it in inner cities. But, but if, 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 like Mike said, if, if this isn't a push, if these young men don't get direction in that area, those 12,000 jobs aren't going to be fulfilled by a lot of black young men. And lastly, I, I'll close with this, and, and, I, and I appreciate both of you guys' comments and, 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 and insight and knowledge to this, to this conversation tonight. Lastly, I will say that with black women trying to raise these young men 
and as the meme was showing, she's hired, and above her head in the cartoon was she was a pawn. I'm going to say this. I hope black women will understand that there's a partnership that needs to happen. If you are making the strides, and if by some reason I am off base by saying there is a conspiracy to hire you and not a black man or a black boy who is becoming a man or male, whatever you want to say, then that partnership can destroy that conspiracy. Because when black men were the breadwinners, it wasn't, it wasn't a question about what she did for a living. It was never a question. But now, if, if it is a conspiracy to do that to black men and castrate them or, or make them feel victim, as Mike, Mike said, then create the partnership. Find a man you can create a partnership and, and create a plan so that besides these two men on this phone who can sit across and potentially hire a black man who has a qualification that they need, we need more of that. We need more of that. My fellas, I appreciate you uh, calling in tonight. I thank both of you for calling in. I, I respect and, 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 and I'm so glad that you did call in and, and, and voice, voice your insight, opinions, and knowledge. I, I really hope that you'll uh, stay tuned for more because I plan to have a part two to this discussion and, and hope that you guys will still, you know, listen to the Love Zone USA. Yes, All right, thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to both you gentlemen. You guys have a good night. All right. Have a, have a good one. Have a good one. Here inside the Love Zone USA, I'm going to give you a little bit more music with uh, by the name of Earth, Wind, and Fire. This one is one of my favorites. It's called Evil, here on the LoveZoneUSA.com. <laughs>
Hi, this is Phil Perry. And when I listen to love songs, I listen to Love Zone USA with Mike T. Doesn't get any better.
to generate more traffic and sales for your business starting now? Well, here's the marketing tool you've been looking for. What about advertising your business product or service to singles? Well, everybody knows. Singles have the most money to spend, and the LoveZoneUSA.com has accumulated the largest audience of singles on Internet radio. They've done this through a variety of shows discussing sex and controversial topics in the areas of relationships, dating, and marriage. They've also attracted celebrities to their show who are known by millions of listeners and fans, like The Temptations, divorce attorney Raul Felder, Gloria Allred, and Danny Glover. Your business will be exposed as a sponsor of a variety of shows with universal themes featuring love and music, celebrities, sex, and other controversial topics, offering your business maximum exposure to singles who have the most discretionary income to spend. So contact one of our business consultants today so they can show you how you can generate more traffic and sales to your website by becoming a sponsor of the LoveZoneUSA.com. And you can become a sponsor by just sending an email with sponsor in the subject line to sales at thelovezoneusa.com. We've got more music coming up. I want to remind you that every Tuesday night you've got the brand new, well, not so brand new right about now, but it's our newest show to the platform called Plus Size Life Entertainment, featuring your hosts Jackie and Zuhela. They talk about everything plus size when it comes to a plus size life, business, entertainment, love, fashion, romance, dating, news, you get it all on Plus Size Life, where, you know, being plus size is never negative. And don't forget about the Girlfriend Network on Monday nights from 9.30 to 10.30. Yeah, you can check it out with uh, hosts Nakon and Karishma. And they talk about dating, love relationships with a different perspective, where women stay connected. Then you got my man Rolls Royce on Wednesdays. He uh, does the Soul Paradise yeah, you can ride in the rolls every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. where he takes you down memory lane with songs that I'm getting ready to play for you next by Sly and the Family Stone. Be sure to check us out right here on the Love Zone USA. We're going to come back, and we're going to play the kind of music you'll hear on Soul Paradise right after this with uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And I want to thank The Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA. Love Zone here. Zone with- Zone USA.
need a lethal weapon against the challenges of love, I'll call on the Love Zone USA. This is Danny Glover. Y'all niggas got me hot.
Talking to young Jim Brown, James Brown, he's telling me that uh, his rhythm and blues uh, are rooted in Southern gospel singing. Now, he's a Southerner, of course. He was born in Augusta, Georgia, where he worked on a farm, picked cotton, worked in a coal yard, and always sang his songs. So we are delighted to present James Brown on our stage on this show. So let's have a fine welcome for our very fine talent.
Thank you. 